welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Bob, we have Tiffany Bueller on today, and I know you're going to tell us all about her in just a minute, but I want to define to our viewers and our listeners she has been leading these events that I've actually been able to go to. You've been to, to one of them. I've been to two in the UK. You've been one in America. Yeah. And these events are phenomenal. And I just think as someone who's a woman who's leading a ministry slash business, who's gone for it in some really strong ways, it's going to be a really interesting conversation today. You don't want to miss it. But tell us about Tiffany. Well, Tiffany Bueller is a wife and a mom and a missionary, a speaker, and a prophetic voice. She's also the managing director of uh, David's Tent UK US. It's a worship festival. Um, she believes wholeheartedly in the restoration of the tabernacle of David. She knows that God is on the move, building towards that purpose in the UK and the US and around the globe, calling hungry hearts to a deeper place of worship and intimacy. Tiffany divides her time between uh, both the UK and the US events, and wow. she leads and champions prayer and worship, raising and equipping leaders and impressing into all the glory of God that has God has for us in the next season. And really, you'll see this when we hear her. Her passion is raising up a generation in prayer, discipline, creativity, prophetic lifestyles, and worship, carrying a heart for community values that are centered on practicing the presence of God and releasing uh, a fragrant offering of worship and prayer to change the atmosphere of a region, city, and individual lives. Isn't that amazing? And it's, yeah. it's a lot that she's going after. And I think our listeners today, I want to encourage you, if you're a marketplace person, you're hearing her as more of a minister. I want, we're going to ask her some stories about overcoming financial hurdles, yeah. like getting resources. It takes heaven to really partner with you to get the resources you need to do any calling, whether it's ministry or mainstream, it doesn't matter. But I know you're going to really enjoy Tiffany Bueller up next. I'm a firm believer in being coached. To go to another level, we need help sometimes. And my friend Michael McIntyre is just the coach that can bring you to another level. He has an incredible e-course right now. And if you go to his e-course webpage and you type in my name, Sean, as the discount code, you're going to get $200 off, which is a huge amount off for his e-course, which is the next level e-course. I'm going to encourage you to go there today. Welcome back. We're here with Tiffany Bueller. Tiffany, how are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We're so glad you're on. And I remember spending, I think I was in the second David's tent that you put on and then the third one, I believe. And my wife and I came out right after our honeymoon for it to, I wanted to bring her to UK. And I thought, what better time than to do this event with you guys? And so I've personally seen just the birth kind of place of David's tent when you guys first started. And it was so phenomenal. I can't imagine what it's evolved into now. But thanks for being on. I can't wait to hear some of the story. And we should start now. How did you start this? Like, where did it start? Where did it come from? So it's interesting. Everyone always wants to know, like, how I caught the vision for David's Tet. And I, I feel like I can't fully claim the, the, I wasn't the catalyst for DT. I was part of a catalyst crew. Um, there was a small group of evangelical firebrands in London that were doing evangelism all across the city. Dominic Muir is... Uh, yeah the key guy who got things rolling and they were all a bunch of professionals or um, doing different things in ministry. They needed somebody to run their event. And I had some experience in the worship and prayer ministry through the burn 24 seven and was doing 
worship and prayer things um, in the UK for a couple, about two years when we had moved there. And um, they, they found out about me. And so they interviewed me and they had like enough money to hire one staff. And so (laughs) they offered me the job. And because of my experience with the burn 24 seven, I was pretty passionate about doing a worship festival. So they kind of gave me the reins to just build it from the ground up. And so I kind of joined their vision. Um, but I put a lot of my own heart into it, which actually ended up shaping into it, into what it actually is today. Wow. When, when you say evangelical firebrands, it, imme- it immediately took me back to, you know, the old evangelists. And, and I think I, it just, it just made me smile thinking about that. Tiffany, listen, you have the sensitive heart, you're prophetic, you're all these different things, but what is it in your personality that allows you, what are your strengths that allow you to plan these kind of events, see the vision? Uh, what would you say your, your, like your secret sauce is? I think definitely being true to who I am is probably one of the biggest things. I mm-hmm. like, I, I'm not necessarily, I would say I'm not like super business minded, but I guess I am because I've been able to do this for 10 years. You know, I have some understanding of how to run a business. But I think my biggest thing is that I I got saved and um, immediately transformed in the presence of God. So like that Mm -hmm. has been the the most important thing for me in my whole scope. I I can't move away from that. I I just can't go away from that. So for me, it's more the vision that drives the ability to do the business aspect. If I could get away from doing business, I would. But it's the vision um, and the heart to see people transformed in the presence of God that keeps me going constantly. Well, let me let me define this a little bit because I've been to, like I said, a couple of these. I mean, there's thousands of people, multiple things going on at the same time. People are camping for days or they're staying in local places and they're just, they're coming in because they want their life to be transformed. And now the UK has several of these kinds of events that are big huge events that lots of families come to and whatever, but they're not focused around prayer and the presence of God. And they're usually focused around like a theme, a Christian, a great mainstream thing that Christians are going after. And I've been to a few of those, but this is like you literally walk up and the atmosphere has changed and you're walking into, to me, it's like a tent of meeting, like David's tent of meeting or something that you guys have put on and you have worship leaders from around the world. And there, there's so many of them. And then they're, they're not just coming to their set and then leaving. They're like participating in there and there's arts everywhere and there's dancing and there's, Bob, it's crazy what people, I mean, the, the amount of money it must cost us to put it on period, just because there's so much going on at once. But then on top of that, I've talked to, because I've been in the night center speaking world for years. I've talked to probably over a hundred people who wanted to pull off an event like this and even asked me, do you think we could pull off an event like this? And my, my response has always been like, no, it costs too much money. And most people won't support something that's a one time a year thing or a couple times a year thing that costs this much money for a two or three day impact. So why do you think you've been able to be successful in this, this space? And again, you kind of answered it a second ago, but I want to just bring it up again. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's a really good question. We've kind of asked ourselves that year upon year upon year, because, you know, we started out so grassroots, you know, a lot of these other festivals that you're talking about are attached to a movement or yeah, attached, attached to a huge ministry. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that always undergirds it. We did not have that, you know, we were like, 
you know, pulling in faith for 20,000 pound checks on a weekly basis and just praying that in. I think that um, the reason that it has been successful is initially I felt like we would not achieve what we wanted to achieve because we didn't have it centered around like, you know, um, popular speakers that everybody knew that it was like, we're going to just literally worship for three days straight. That's actually yeah. not like, you know, what people prefer to pay, put their money towards. Right. Um, but I believe that we hit something um, particularly in the area where people, when they get to site, they discover that they're, they have to surrender everything that it's actually just them and God. It's not anything mm -hmm. about entertainment or, you know, it's literally a journey for them and the Lord. And, and there wasn't anything like that in the UK. I think we have a lot of that here in the U S but in the UK, it was like, this was something totally new and totally restorative and renewing for people. Um, that it just spread word of mouth, you know, and it was one of those things that actually we don't have to do crazy amounts of marketing. We don't do radio advertisements or television advertisements. We don't call churches or anything like that. We just literally, it's been word of mouth. And I think it's because people have a true encounter with God when they're wow. there and they just share it. Well, the, the crazy thing to me, is, was it 2019 Tiff and Del Mar at the fair? Yes. Yeah. So, so I was around for that one, Sean, and you, and, and you guys know me, I go, I go to bed at 9 PM and I wake, wake up early in the morning. Right. And, and so <laughs> Tiffany and Lauren are saying, yeah, we're, uh, we're worshiping all night, 24 hours a day. And I'm thinking that's crazy. <laughs> but one night I couldn't sleep. So I drove over, I don't know if it was three in the morning. And here's this world-class worship leader in the middle of the night leading wow. worship. And there's all these people worshiping God. And I, I, I was just dumbstruck by mm. the, just the fact that the worship leader, honestly, was, was there. Because these guys, you know, they travel all over the place and they get the number one spot. But here they were at David's tent, you know, in the middle of the night worshiping. And I, I just... I, I figured something was really, really different, Tiff. And the and the the thing that you the thing that you seem to capture is this heart of God. Mm. And how how is that? I don't. I think what we well, this actually goes to like even our origins because I think the initial vision for and I and I know that Dom would probably agree with this with me is the initial vision was to have more of a revivalist type festival that had. Um, worship leaders that we all loved, but it was definitely much more geared towards, you know, evangelism and releasing people into the harvest and that kind of a thing, which I don't, that, of course, those things are amazing. We need that. Yeah. But when, I, when they hired me, I was like, if this is David's tabernacle, like it needs to truly be like the tabernacle of David, where we are engaging in the priestly ministry of ministering before the throne of God day, day and night. And so we fought, we fought hard in that first year to figure it out, to figure out that all of our decisions would be made around our value, that we are here to seek first the presence of God. So everything else will be secondary to that. Wow. So that's where we don't have lots of breakout sessions. We do have other things going on around the site, but our encouragement towards everyone that comes there is like, this is the one weekend a year that you just come to minister before the throne of God. And, you know, he ministers back to us, but 
it's just the priority shift, I believe, you know, that we really, and we, we made sure that every single thing is in line with that value. Well, let's get really practical because there's times that you guys in pioneering this, you guys have had um, just the hurdles that everybody who pioneers faces and some of them have been financial or team or, you know, even venue space for these kinds of things. Like we need resources for every aspect of whatever God calls us to. But one of the times that you did this, you actually lost a significant amount of money and didn't know if you guys would recover. Talk about that time. Yeah, I think that was in 2014. And um, we had not projected our ticket sales in, you know, in the right way, or we just didn't match the projections that we were hoping for with our growth. And um, so we came out of that event and we were nearly 75,000 pounds in the hole, which is, you know, at that point was close to like probably $90,000. And for a small ministry to recover that and to, as as an annual event to keep going, um, it was a hard road. We really had to listen, hear the Lord and, and really trust for him to help pull us out of that in order to go forward. And I definitely call it our defining year because I think that, you know, when you're stewarding things like this, that is like it's ministry, but there's business involved. You're constantly, you know, putting, putting it all before the Lord. And so, you know, we did that again and, and we really felt like there was areas where he showed us, you know, to tighten up things with our stewardship. And we just became very frugal and we began to negotiate in ways that we never had before. We trusted the Lord to open the doors to help um, recover that. And so in the next year he did provide, and it was, it was, it was in steps. It wasn't like, okay, here's the 90,000 or the 75,000 pound check, um, in that instance. And in which we just trusted, we needed to learn through that. We needed to grow through it. And so, um, through that summer he provided and, and kind of paid those bills, but then we went into our next year's festival. And because of the changes that we made, we came out the other end being able to pay off everything entirely and wow. have surplus. And wow. it's the only time we ever did that so far to this day. Oh, wow. Tiff, I know um, how you're organized generally. You have a board of advisors, you have a board of directors, you have senior team. You've, you've done the work on your org chart of, of building a ministry slash business that, that's sustainable because you believe that you know, the wisdom of the crowd, the people that you surrounded yourself with will help you get to your end goal. And um, a lot of times I see businesses or ministries who are kind of just single focus trying to trying to get to their end goal without asking or, or inviting people into the process. And what was it in you that that recognized the need to have other voices um, in order to make this happen? I think I think I kind of very quickly on became a little bit terrified by the amount that I was having to steward. <laughs> and you know, I think I think accountability is really important. I think it's really really important especially when we're stewarding something that is you know, a ministry. Um but I also felt like, you know, we're a, we're a ministry that's trying to be united. So not even in the dynamic of, not only in the dynamic of the financials and the legals, but also in terms of ministry, we've always tried to have different streams and different voices speaking into what we're doing so that we can have a perspective from all sides. I feel like in order to not be exclusive, 
and be inclusive where we should be able to, to hear from all sides. So it's kind of how I've always rolled. It doesn't always work if I'm honest, because then you have a lot of, you have a lot of opinions you have to weigh, but yeah, I, I'm so thankful for my board. Honestly, could not have done this without them. Well, take us into uh, one of the stories of why this has been worth it over these you know, 10, 12 years. Like what's happened in someone's life or your own life, or there, there's always those po- moments where God motivates you by what he does. Like, tell us one of the, those praise reports. Hmm. I think, yeah, there are so many, so many, but I think for me, um, it's obviously a really interesting thing to be a, a female leader in another nation leading something that's, you know, calling all the different churches into one place to worship together. And I think for me, because I, I just, I live to see people's lives transformed in the presence of God, just mm-hmm. knowing, I know that in, in the UK, there's a really strong spirit of depression that people really struggle with mental illness there. And one of the, I think year upon year upon year, some of the testimonies that come back, especially from depression being broken off of people's lives and hope and vision mm. being regained, um, even people coming off depression, medication, things like that, that has, that's a reoccurring theme year upon year upon year that for me is it's worth everything. You know, I kind of, I definitely feel like, if somebody's heart can turn back to the Lord in that place and they, then, you know, they go out and they carry on living with vision and passion. Um, it's all worth it for me. And we've seen that on the thousands. And so it's kind of hard to put into one piece. Um, but that is for sure the highlight for me. Seeing people change. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And, and the presence of God, I know that corporate worship, for me, uh, you can listen to sermons or you can go to speaking events and you can intellectualize what's happening. But it, it seems to me at David's tent, like, forgive me for saying this, it, just the amount of worship wears you down. <laughs> to a point where your spirit is open. Yeah. And and I and I think you you must have caught that vision somehow. So that's your strategy is to wear people down. Well, <laughs> again, that's me, you know, that's me and, and my practical thinking, but but I know that I know that there's there's a strategy for that too, because being immersed in in the spirit during worship, um, it just it just does something to a person. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, like we see two types, maybe three or four. We see those that are like, I'm here for it. I don't care. I'm going to worship my face off for three days. And I'm, you know, they're just the Davids. Then you see the people that come and they, they have an expectation of what it is. And they get into the, they get into the tent for the first couple hours. It's amazing. And then they engage in a wrestle. They wrestle Mm. with themselves for a good, and then they come to us. We have a lot of people that come to us just like tears streaming down their face. Like, I did not know what this was. And it was hard for me the first like 24 hours. <laughs> I am like, I'm a lifer now. We have so many people, especially from the Anglican church. That is a really traditional wow. um, ang- uh, liturgical style church. They don't do this. They come to us afterwards and they're like, I had no idea. Like, I just did not know I could meet God this way. So it's definitely for a good amount of people, a wrestle and a wear down, but it's where there's a, a huge surrender that happens. And then they begin to, to meet Jesus in ways they never have. 
And then we have the ones, we have a lot of church leaders that come in and they just hit the floor. They hit the floor and they just, they're like, we have waited. We've just wanted to be in a place of God's presence like this. And it's just amazing. But I love the ones that come with the wrestle because I'm like, just wait. <laughs> that, would, that would be that would be me. <laughs> well, I understand the wrestle too because like one of the sessions that we were going to in the second year, uh, they played the same song for an hour and a half. Oh. <laughs> but it was good. Like, I, mean, it, I remember at one point kind of disengaging and then like going back in. And I have a house of prayer background, so I can I can be in long meetings and prayer meetings. And um, I've been in the, some of the most boring meetings in my life, <laughs> meetings for 10 hours type thing in a day. But, uh, and, and that's not my passion. So I'm not in that movement anymore, but I love the people who have that enduring faith. But for, for people who don't have never been a part of something that could be, maybe it's, this wasn't boring at all. It was completely alive, but it's one song for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So even if it's not boring, even if it's completely alive, if you're not used to it, yeah. something inside of you has to change to be able to engage into it. Yeah. And that's what I noticed is that people were either kind of drifting off or they were pressing in. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's a really special experience, especially that you know, it's a once a year experience for most people. So to be able to set aside time to take on a deeper sense of the relationship with God, I just think it's so special what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Tell me how this has impacted or tell our audience how this has impacted your family just going on this journey together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's had a huge impact on my family. I think, um, even me personally, I think the first thing I would say is that I was, I was a really reluctant leader. I probably still am, but I've grown into it. And I had to have people around me championing me. Like you can, you can lead something like this. Um, and, and those people around me have really helped shape my leadership. But then I think it has, I have three daughters. And so for my daughters to see that it's possible for a female to lead a a ministry and a Mm -hmm. business like this in another nation, you know, I think has really captured their hearts. They've grown up in the presence of God. So they are, you know, that's where their peace is. That's where they find um, their rest. So I, it's challenged us. We've, you know, we've definitely had to live in another country much longer than I think we were initially planning to, but it was, it's been an incredible experience for them all the way around. Wow. Thinking about the business side of this, um, tell us about a miracle that happened. We have lots of people in business listening to exploring the marketplace. And, and I just want to come back to like your, what the Lord's done, like a miracle that happened, whether it was a negotiation or a contract or something like that, that stands out to you. I think that I would say there have been many. And I mean, you know, especially when you're in ministry and you're relying on support and donations to kind of get, get, get things going. Yeah. The, the consistent miracles of financial are always a miracle and those happen often. Um, but what was really, I think, miraculous was even to get the the um, space on that land, that venue that we've been doing it on for the last 10 years. Um, they have a little bit more of a Anglican background. And we were, again, the wild rogue 10 years ago, wild rogue of people that don't have really any, we don't, we just didn't really have a reputation yet. They didn't know who we were. And we were kind of like that scary younger brother that's just out there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, and I think we did, we came across like that too. But for them to just, to say yes to us being there on their land, um, was a huge miracle, I believe. And the Lord kind of set that whole thing up. There's a bigger story to that. But 
um, we've had lots of venue miracles that the Lord just opens a door in a place that there it's impossible. And, um, yeah, I would say that's the one that sticks out in my mind the most in addition to just the way the Lord has provided. So good. We have a worldwide audience and there's many people who want to go to an event just like this. So tell us how we can go. Yeah. So our next festival is literally in two weeks, three weeks, no, a month's time. I leave in three weeks. It's uh, August 26th through the 29th in the UK and everyone should be there. You can find all, all the information about it at www.davidstent.net. Awesome. And you guys are going to be doing something in America too later this yeah. year or next year? It's probably not going to be until 2023 in the spring. We have smaller events in the run-up, but um, we're that's in the planning stages right now. Tiffany, thank you so much for being here. We're so honored. Your story is amazing. Um, we just love having you here. Oh, thank you for having me. I mean, this is really fun. I love you guys, and it's just an honor to be here. We're here with us. We're so glad that people got to hear about David's tent. And up next, we have final thoughts for Sean and Bob. Do you want to be mentored in hearing God's voice? It's not hard, but it takes time, examples, practice, and conversations to really get in the place of being able to get revelation and also to know how to interpret and reply what God's showing you. I have started an online community through our platform, Translating God Mentoring, where you receive weekly videos, weekly live group mentoring, monthly special events, and all of our past e-courses on the gifts, marriage, and relevant topics to your spiritual journey. Come join me and all my platform contributors to learn how to walk out a thriving journey of hearing God. Welcome back to Final Thoughts with Sean and Bob. Sean, that interview was amazing, wasn't it? It was. It reminded me of uh, Bobby Schuler when he was on, my partner at TBN. Yeah. And he's... He talked about, you know, ministry is like a business because you're running a lot of these churches and pastors and ministries are running millions of dollars worth of budget through a year and having to make huge decisions that impact sometimes even more than businesses, because a business that has a multi-million dollar budget may only have a few employees or 30 employees. But a lot of times the ministries are dealing with hundreds or if not thousands of volunteers and other kinds of people. So to have her set up in this way, I think is just phenomenal to share with us. Yeah, the things that she has to deal with, with with local principalities and entities and the fire department and codes <laughs> and all those different things, along with, like you said, hundreds and hundreds of volunteers and, and her staff and board. Uh, plus, plus, can you imagine organizing all the worship leaders to come? And No, it's like herding cats or tigers, you know, <laughs> like, no, I couldn't imagine. I love them, but they're... They all have many needs. <laughs> yeah, and and I and so she's as a businesswoman, um, it's it's just remarkable all these things that she she does, and we heard part of it in in the interview. But then, as a prophetic voice, what you know, as how she's out there making sure to mobilize and organize this, just it boggles my mind. Wow. And I think for me, I think God wants to raise up more of these kinds of events or events that really gather larger masses of Christians uh, together to do some things that maybe you wouldn't do in your own church, your own congregation, your own church denomination or movement, but you will do when you're with a lot of other Christians where you'll understand some things, get you know enlightened to some things that you don't normally teach or experience or express where you're from. And I've seen that happen over and over in the types of places I've spoken. I've spoken a lot of multi-congregational type you know events, and I've even done a lot of outdoor festivals but hers by far was the the best one I've ever been to two years in a row. It was so good. And I just remember thinking when you have an experience in something like this, where it's not about speaker centric or it's not about 
just one theme, but it's about just praising and worshiping God. It really does do something that I'm sure that's why David spent time building that tabernacle and doing it day and night all the time. Like it was so different than what God had commanded Israel to do. And we're seeing that through David's tent. Thank you so much for joining us. We invite you to bowlsministries.com. There's a there's a partner or a donate button that you can hit. You can you can help uh, defray the costs of this podcast. Uh, Bowls Ministries puts these podcasts on um, out of their budget with their staff and uh, and relies on donations. And we just love the fact that you're listening and watching to us. Please make sure to rate and subscribe to our podcast and. To our CBN news audience, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.